Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily, and I have some interesting UFO news for you. But first off, you know, since I recorded my last podcast, this may be the longest stretch I've gone without recording a Joshua P. Warren Daily since I started this podcast. And it was called Daily because my goal was to try to record one every day, but man, I'm telling you, I've been so slammed. I've never been a big fan of caffeine, but I'm becoming one. And I think you can understand it's like either half the time I'm out in the desert doing research here in, the, in Nevada where I don't have a signal or otherwise I'm just, you know, completely slammed with, with projects. Um, you know, I'm getting ready for this television program that's going to air on the Travel Channel and it'll be the first time the opticalizer will be seen on TV. And so I'm having to gather a database for that and I'm being interviewed by other shows. I just finished doing uh, Jimmy Church's Fade to Black. Jimmy Church just finished interviewing me for two and a half hours, and that could have easily been enough talking for me. Uh, and then, but then I was like, man, I gotta just, I, I gotta jump on here and talk to my podcast listeners because it's been like five days or whatever. So. Sorry about that, but you you just have to understand, I mean, there aren't enough hours in the day. I even, I get, I'm getting contacted by so many TV production companies that, like, one of them is asking me about hosting an entire season of a whole series and all, and that's a lot of work, and I, you know, first and foremost, I'm a researcher, I'm an investigator, I like to do experiments, and so... I understand the value of getting out there and being on TV and being interviewed and all that in order to share what I'm up to. But again, what I really you know need to focus on is is doing new research. So there's going to come a point in the near future where I just stop all of that. I'm not going to appear on TV anymore or I'm not going to be available for radio interviews. I'm just not going to do it for, for a while. So I can really focus on my research. But anyway, you know, Jimmy Church, great guy. He's been interviewing me for years. And he asked me about my opinion regarding the fact that, uh, of course, the past few days, everybody has been at contact in the desert out there in California. And this news story broke saying that Luis Elizondo, who has been so frequently featured in connection with the A-tip story, uh, supposedly some, uh, well, this particular reporter uh, talked to a spokesperson from the Department of Defense who says, no, Luis Elizondo actually was never a part of A-tip, not to mention the fact, you know, he's been saying he was the director. And so Jimmy Church asked me what, what what my opinion is on that. And I told him that, okay, right off the bat, anytime you're dealing with the subject of military intelligence, it, you know, any kind of government intelligence, it becomes a hall of mirrors, for one thing, right off the bat. You never know who to believe because... Just because somebody publishes a story and says, well, I talked to this person and here's what that person says, that doesn't mean that it, it, it's true. Um, I, I place credence on who I talk to 
directly, personally, or people that I know and, and what they say that they have gotten directly and, and personally. But regardless, you know, to be honest with you, when Luis Elizondo entered the, the media uh, saying that he had this connection to the ATIP, you know, Pentagon project, I, I always thought that it, it was kind of odd that whenever he would talk about what he was doing, uh, a lot of the stuff, I mean, I, pretty much all the stuff that I ever saw come from him was pretty vague. It wasn't very specific. And if, if we're talking about some of the most sophisticated, amazing technology and top secret projects, I mean, you'd think that the director of something like that would be kind of a Robert Oppenheimer type, you know, like the type of <laughs> physicist that, that we had working on the Manhattan Project and so I, I always thought that like something felt a little odd to me about um, Luis Elizondo being in that role, but but I don't have any inside knowledge on that. I mean, like I've never talked to him, or I've not directly dealt with uh, to the Stars Academy or anything. so I I don't know. But you know what? The thing is, it doesn't matter because I think it's kind of irrelevant. I think the whole engine, you know, the powerhouse behind this ATIP disclosure thing, it, it really is on the shoulders of Senator Harry Reid, the Senate Majority Leader, who is now, you know, I hate to say it, I mean, he's basically on his deathbed, and being here in Las Vegas, I mean, you see him on television from time to time, and he's out there saying he's been more or less lobbying Congress to come clean on all this stuff. And we have this letter that he wrote that I know is legitimate um, because I have plenty of friends who are connected with the military. And and these are not people who want to be on the the History Channel or go on the speaking circuit or whatever who who have said like, yeah, this this is real, you know. Uh, this letter that he wrote that I've talked to you about before in 2009, uh, this is Senator uh, Harry Reid from Nevada uh, writing this to the Secretary of Defense. And even though I've talked about this, I want to emphasize a couple uh, or a few things from it. I have the letter in front of me. You can download this yourself if you go to joshuapwarren.com, no period after the P. Among other things, he says, regarding ATIP, much progress has been made with the identification of several highly sensitive, unconventional aerospace-related findings. Then he goes on to say, given the likelihood that these technologies will be applied to future systems involving spaceflight, weapons, communication, and propulsion, the standard management and safeguarding procedures for classified information are not sufficient. Then he goes on to say, and this is my favorite part of this letter, associated exotic, exotic technologies likely involve extremely sophisticated concepts within the world of quantum mechanics, nuclear science, 
electromagnetic theory, gravitics, and thermodynamics, given that all of these have the potential to be used with catastrophic effects by adversaries, an unusually high degree of operational security and read-on discretion is required. So what he is saying here is that we have discovered something that is exotic that applies to all these profound areas of technology but we don't want our adversaries to get it so in other words this did not come from other people you know we discovered it because we didn't invent it we didn't create it you know we discovered and identified this it didn't come from other humans because those are our adversaries it's exotic i mean he's saying pretty damn clearly you know <laughs> he's senator reed now who is Luis Elizondo? I mean, I don't know. He just sort of appeared. But we know who Senator Harry Reid is. We know his background. He, he's an elected official. You know, this guy he could be promoting whatever agenda he wants to here in his final days. And he's promoting the disclosure of this information. So I pointed that out to Jimmy Church. And Jimmy Church says, well, yeah, but, you know, instead of exotic, we, we want him to come right out and say, you know, why doesn't he just come right out and say alien? I was like, look, I interviewed Nick Pope. Jimmy Church has interviewed Nick Pope many times. Nick Pope uh, ministry uh, was a part of the Ministry of Defense there in, in Britain, and he said sometimes we'd have meetings talking about this stuff, and we determined that this material, this content, this substance was too sensitive to commit to paper. So a lot of this stuff doesn't even go onto paper. But you know what? This is pretty clear. I mean, uh, Harry Reid, intelligent guy, writing a letter to another intelligent person, he's coming right out there saying pretty clearly on paper, oh, exotic technology didn't come from us, didn't come from anybody else. Then you have people like Robert Bigelow, Bob Bigelow here in... Uh, Vegas, who does Bigelow Aerospace, you know, you've heard me talk about this, sat right there with Laura Logan on 60 Minutes. She said, are there going to be uh, aliens out there if we go into space? He says, you don't have to go into space. They're right here. They're under our noses. What do you, I mean, like, what do you want? You want, if, if, if President Trump stood up in front of a podium and said, yep, they're here. Well, you know what? It doesn't matter what the president says. At least 50% of the of the, the country doesn't believe it. Whatever he says, you know, they're talking about trying to impeach the guy. What do you need? I guess my point is, whether or not Luis Elizondo actually was as integral to this project as he has put forth, doesn't even matter. What matters more is what we're getting from Harry Reid, Senator Harry Reid, the Senate Majority uh, Leader, uh, former Senate Majority Leader, and what these fighter pilots are saying, you know, that are coming out and talking about things. So that's sort of my point of view on that. Luis Elizondo really doesn't matter. If this guy is discredited, it doesn't matter. 
But I'm not saying he should or should not be. I don't know. Like I say, it's a hall of mirrors. But if it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. So, that said, in my last podcast, I talked about the RH negative issue. And I asked people to contact me and tell me if they are RH negative and they have had experiences that seem to match up with some of the things that Nick Redfern, for example, had talked about being associated with the RH negative blood type. And I've gotten quite a few emails from people who are saying, man, this is great. Yeah, I, this has opened my eyes. I am RH negative. I've had all these experiences and I didn't know why. Now you've given me some context. Isn't that wild? Like I could have done that podcast and just crickets, you know, not heard anything. But on the contrary, I've gotten a lot of emails. I'll, I'll, I'll give you one for, for example that I have uh, queued up here. This is from a listener named Dave. He says, I listen with interest. I have RH negative blood. He says, you mentioned we have higher than average intelligence. That applies to me. Then you said more psychic abilities as per synchronicity. This happens to me all the time. I think everything is synchronistic, but we just don't recognize it. He says, I don't know about the tail, and I haven't counted my ribs, but my blood pressure is lower. I have vivid dreams, and a couple of weeks ago, I channeled somebody and woke up speaking tongues, but I don't know what I was saying because it wasn't English. I frequently have visions, maybe pareidolia, wherein I see text on the ceiling. I can't make it out in most cases, but the fonts are there. That is one of many emails I've gotten that are along those lines. Now, again, you can call this confirmation bias because I ask for people to email me if they're negative in particular and have had such experiences. And boy, I've got some interesting emails. So that's just something intriguing to think about. And when you start looking into the idea of UFOs, and how they may be connected to humans. One of the reasons that I've been so busy over the past few days, I went out in the desert with Darren Evans. And of course, hopefully you heard me interview Darren Evans, zemonologist, zozo expert. We're doing a big event, you know, on Sunday, July 14th, 2019 it's called a cosmic invocation where i'm going to be there it looks like i mean i wasn't sure if i was going to be there or not with my travel schedule but right now it looks like i'll be there with darren we're going to have uh a small group of people only 12 12 people uh as a matter of fact jimmy church now says that he wants to be there because he says that he has the best night vision in the world now see i'm going to bring some third generation night vision he says he's got some even more kick-ass night vision he says it's not green it's blue uh cosmicinvocation.com we still have some tickets left if you want to to come out and be a part of that i i i went out with darren 
and uh, we went and we're like scoping out things and talking about things and we were getting so excited like we're we're rearing to do this we want to summon something big to come down in the desert you know we're going to do this at a secret location everybody's going to meet up at a little casino called the wildfire which is about 30 minutes outside of the, the vegas strip and then Everybody who meets there will get a secret destination to go to. And the reason we're keeping it secret is, well, for one thing, we don't want people popping up there who shouldn't be there. And also, we don't want people trying to uh, mess with us, you know. Like, send up a Chinese lantern or a drone or whatever. You know, we want to keep the environment as clean as possible. So, people who buy a ticket, if you go to CosmicInvocation.com, CosmicInvocation.com, um, we're going to do this summoning event on Sunday, July 14th. I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, but, you know, I, I was running around there with, with Darren and, and you know, scoping out stuff. And we were thinking about, like, wow, what a connection there might be between humans and UFOs and aliens. And that is where maybe some of the mantras come into play. We're going to be using every trick we have. Every tool in the toolbox. We're going to use mantras, lights, technologies, radionics. I mean, like, I'm not going to tell you everything we're going to do because that's special for those who are going to be there. But one of the cool things about this event is that right, we're, we're going to be very close to Boulder City. And so, like, if you want to come in and do this and you want to make a weekend out of it, you could, I mean, we're like 30 minutes from the Hoover Dam. We're right there in Boulder City. you got Tom Devlin's Monster Museum. You've got all kinds of great restaurants and uh, uh, the Boulder Dam Brewing Company where they brew their own beer uh, beer at a nice nice wine and cheese place and antique stores and like all that stuff in Boulder City. I mean, you could really turn that weekend into one hell of a, a, an experience, you know. But only 12 people get to hang out with us cosmicinvocation.com when you buy your ticket you get suggestions on uh, places to stay I mean you could stay in Boulder City or you could just go to the uh, Fiesta I took uh, Darren over to the Fiesta and showed him some of my gambling techniques last night he couldn't believe it he was videotaping and taking pictures of some of my winnings but anyway um when it comes to UFOs, you know, recently I was talking about my buddy Nick Redfern. Uh, Nick is as good as, as good as they they get when it comes to UFO, and really just like any type of paranormal research. Um, and I bought this book that he put together. It's called Three Hundred and Sixty Five Days of UFOs. A year of alien encounters. Now, how kick-ass is that? 
and you can look up any day of the week and he has a story there about a UFO encounter in history so for example right now here on the uh, west coast it's June 5th so he has a story here from June 5th of 2011 and it says uh, the giant orange and this is from Halifax Nova Scotia in Canada says late one night in the town of Halifax Nova Scotia Canada a young man named Andy was heading home after an evening out with friends when as he rounded the corner of one particular street he came face to face with what can only be described as a UFO resembling in Andy's words a quote five foot diameter orange end quote for only around three or four seconds the orange ball of light bobbed in the air after which it slowly took to the skies winking out as it reached a height of around 70 or 80 feet whether some strange weather anomaly such as ball lightning or something of another world we don't know what we can say for sure however is that in literal terms it was an unidentified flying object so again that was june 5th of 2011 okay uh, a lot of you now are in june 6th of 2019 so i'll just read the next entry this is from june 6th of 1975 how about that well over 40 years ago butchers from the stars this is from dulce new mexico just outside the town of dulce new mexico a slaughtered and extensively mutilated cow was found on local ranch land FBI papers on the grizzly affair reveals that the animal was missing both eyes, its tongue, left ear, and had a large circular burn mark on its stomach. Most bizarre of all, its four legs were broken. The conclusion of a veterinarian brought in by the FBI was that the cow had been dropped to the ground from a height of somewhere around 20 feet or more. Now, why in the hell... I mean, like, that's a, that's kind of odd. Why would a veterinarian say that? Oh, this cow's been dropped. That seems weird. Anyway. Anyway, it goes on to say, In no time at all, rumors that alien entities were the culprits quickly circulated, as did the rumor that it was all the work of a rogue group in the government undertaking research in the field of biological weapons. The mystery was never solved i love this book because as a guy who's doing a podcast like this i can just open it up any time to any day and be like well let's talk about this it's great inspiration for any day so once again nick redfern kicks ass you know people wonder about the cattle mutilation thing and i've never personally been right there face to face with a a mutilated animal that was like unnaturally mutilated where it seems like it could be the product of uh of aliens or whatever you know 
But I will tell you this uh, quickly, and and I've told this story before just because it reminds me of this. When I was a kid, you know, I grew up on a small farm, and we had a horse and goats and chickens and rabbits and, you know, like all this kind of stuff. And it was my job to feed and water everything, and it was a real pain in the ass because I'd have to walk up a hill and with water, like five-gallon buckets and back and forth. And we, at a certain point, found that we kept having a number of chickens that were just dead and drained of their blood. Their flesh was not being consumed. They were just drained of their blood. We didn't know how to explain this. So my dad, who in his young days was a musk, uh, muskrat trapper, um, decided to set up some muskrat traps around a uh, a big old crate with some bloody chicken meat. Now, a muskrat trap is like a little bear trap, and you just stake it in into the ground. And so one night, dogs started barking like crazy, and we went outside, and at the top of the hill, we heard those chains clinking around, and we knew that something had gotten into those muskrat traps. And so we went up there and shined the light, and here was the biggest, most puffed-up, pissed-off, great-horned owl I've ever seen in my life. I mean, this was a real majestic creature. Big, bright eyes and those crazy, sharp, you know, horn horn feathers. I mean, it was amazing. Talons, like you wouldn't believe. And so... My dad took a a big long pole of some kind and hit the release lever, so that owl could take its um, its little uh, appendage out of the trap, and then we got out of there because we didn't want that thing to come out and <laughs> and claw us. And you know what? After that, never again was there another chicken found with its blood sucked. And so I always thought. I guess we all always thought, well, maybe that was what, you know, was happening. This is a vampire owl. It it just, it it would fly into the chicken coop at night. It would kill these creatures and just suck their blood. And so that's not directly relevant to animal mutilations. But what it does show you is that, like, sometimes the animal kingdom operates in a, a a very unexpected way and so when you find something like a cow that appears to be mutilated uh you can jump to the conclusion that well aliens have done this or satanists have come in and done this or whatever but i don't know i mean I, there may be another more natural explanation for it it's it's, it's a mystery you know it, it's a great mystery but I'm going to make use of Nick Redfern's book, 365 Days of UFOs, and read to you um, stories here and there that are like anniversary stories regarding when, you know, something amazing has happened. And it does make you think more about the idea that there is some kind of a design you know, some rhyme and reason, maybe, like anniversaries may actually mean something. Names may mean something. 
there may be some kind of uh, organized pattern that you can tap into in the universe that will connect one thing to another. I mean, it's like, for example, you know, I'm always talking about manifestation and and gambling and, and money and all that kind of thing. Here's a, a headline, uh, mainstream headline. Man wins, this was just from, um, I don't know, what, like two days ago or something like that? Uh, anyway, North Carolina. Man wins $344 million Powerball jackpot after playing fortune cookie numbers. Yeah, let me read that again. Man wins $344 million Powerball jackpot after playing fortune cookie numbers. North Carolina. So, how do you explain stuff like that? I mean, really. They didn't go into a lot of detail on that story as to exactly how that happened, but if that story is to be believed, we can, we, you know how it is. You get a fortune cookie, they have numbers there. And so we imagine he went to a restaurant, he got a fortune cookie, it's got some numbers, he went, he put those numbers in, and he wins this. I mean, the odds of that happening are, 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 are so... <laughs> So ridiculous, like so ridiculous, you have to believe that maybe there is like this big, brilliant, perfectly clear, visible cause and effect relationship among everything that we're seeing, but that you and I only get to see little bits and pieces of it at any given time based upon our point of view and that's what makes us little egocentric beings who are supposed to be here to evolve and learn to overcome being so egocentric and to expand our view and our perspective of what this all is we are here to try to understand the design i mean (laughs) why not you know why not I, i you know i see it all the time I see it all the time. I, I've seen enormous synchronicity come into play when it comes to, for example, the, the creepy Vegas ghost and UFO show. This Saturday, which is June the 8th, we're going to have a special creepy Vegas ghost and UFO show here in Las Vegas. I, uh, I call this 60 Fun Paranormal Minutes in a Bar. We have ghost holograms now. We have haunted objects you can touch. We have Roswell debris. You'll get to see incredible images. But guess what? This weekend, this Saturday, June 8th, 7 p.m., it's going to be a really special one because we're going to have two... VIP guests there. We are going to have Sean Kevin Jason there for the first time in person. Now, he is already talked about in the show because he is a guy who had a close encounter with a huge flying saucer on the way to Area 51. 
I mean, how, how cool is that? We talk about him and his story anyway. But he's going to be there this Saturday and tell you himself personally about that experience. A great author, David Weatherly, who wrote the book Silver State Monsters that we also talk about in the show, where you get into crazy, like weird, amazing stuff like the space clams. He's going to be there. He's going to be there. I'm going to be there. It costs $19.95. If you are capable of getting to Las Vegas this Saturday for the show at 7 p.m. for $19.95 and you don't do it, you got something wrong with you, man. I'm going to be there. David Weatherly, Sean Kevin Jason, Nick Weird is going to be presenting things, Roswell Debris, Haunted Objects, Ghost Holograms, Afterward, I'm going to be there hanging out with everybody. We're going to drink, party, have a good time. Good Lord. If you can be here and you're not here, like I say, there's something wrong with you. CreepyVegas.com. CreepyVegas.com is where you buy your ticket so long as tickets last because it is a show and it's a small, intimate show. And so tickets are available on a limited basis. But anyway, look, I've had a long-ass day, and um, again, I'm sorry that I haven't left you a podcast sooner uh, than this over the past few days, but I'm telling you guys, I am so friggin' slammed, it is, it's unbelievable. It's un- I love it, but I'm going to have to start readjusting once again, and so, and just... I'm already turning down a lot of offers. I need to turn down more offers because I've reached the point in my life where I'm getting a lot of opportunities to do some really cool stuff, but I can't do it all. So uh, I'm about to shut it all down and just do nothing but focus on my research. So while you have the opportunity to come out, see me, hang out, you better do it because I'm going to become a very reclusive guy for a while uh, over the next few years. And then I'll come out and tell you what I've done and what I've discovered and all that. But uh, that's just you know what you have to do when you're in my position. So anyway, that said, creepyvegas.com. Get your ticket. Come see me this weekend if there are tickets left. Come do our big UFO summoning event with Darren Evans on July Sunday, July 14th. Go to CosmicInvocation.com. Only 12 people get to be a part of that. We still have some tickets left. CosmicInvocation.com. And in the meantime, of course, you can always go to JoshuaPWarren.com. No period after the P. If you go to JoshuaPWarren.com, Check out, you know, the Curiosity Shop. We're constantly selling out of, you know, unique, one-of-a-kind items there. But um, it's good to at least check them out, you know, see what might interest you. And while you're there at JoshuaPWarren.com, you can click the link to this podcast called Joshua P. Warren Daily. Always short, always free, commercial-free, independent 
uncensored Joshua P. Warren Daily. When you click that link, you can subscribe through various means or just follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren, at Joshua P. Warren, and I will usually tweet when a new one is available. So that is it for this evening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.